Girl podcast, we review the use of anoxaparin, a low molecular weight heparin, in dogs with primary immune-mediated hemolytic anemia, or what we'll call IMHA from now on. Do you see a lot of dogs with primary IMHA in your practice? Do you have an anticoagulation protocol that you like to use treating them? Does it involve aspirin, clopidogrel, unfractionated heparin? What about low molecular weight heparin? Patients with IMHA are hypercoagulable even before we begin to treat them, and the addition of steroids as a major part of their therapy may increase the risk for blood clots. Since the patients we lose during the course of treatment frequently have thromboembolic complications, such as pulmonary thromboembolism or splenic or portal vein thrombi, anticoagulation is very important. However, we don't have a lot of information about what anticoagulants are most effective or which ones are the safest. In human medicine, low molecular weight heparin has been used as a safe and effective means of anticoagulation. And because low molecular weight heparin is smaller and more homogeneous than unfractionated heparin, it may be more predictable in terms of its hemodynamic effects. Enoxaparin, a low molecular weight heparin, has been studied in healthy dogs, but no studies exist examining its use in dogs with IMHA. So Panic and all wanted to retrospectively evaluate the use of enoxaparin in dogs with IMHA for safety. They searched the records of two private specialty hospitals in California for cases of newly diagnosed IMHA, which was diagnosed based on the presence of a regenerative anemia with a reticulous site count greater than 60 times 10 to the 9th per liter, evidence of hemolysis, and at least one of the following, autoagglutination, spherocytes, or a positive direct Coombs test. All of the dogs in this study were treated with sole anticoagulation using anoxaparin, starting within the first 24 hours following admission, and at a dose of 0.8 mg per kg subcutaneously every 6 hours. In this retrospective study, 21 dogs were included and presented for complaints including pale mucous membranes, lethargy, and decreased appetite. Less common complaints included collapse, vomiting, and discolored urine. Breeds were variable in this study, but the most common were Cocker Spaniels in four and mixed breed dogs in another four. 62% of the dogs were spayed females, the rest were neutered or intact males. Vector-borne testing was performed via PCR, and thoracic radiographs and abdominal ultrasound were normal in all dogs. All of the patients in this study were treated as you would expect, with prednisone at a median dose of 2.2 mg per kg per day, or with the dexamethasone sodium phosphate equivalent. 81%, 17 out of 21 of the dogs, also received additional immunosuppressives, including azathioprine in six dogs, cyclosporin in five dogs, mycophenolate in four dogs, and lufenamide in two dogs. Steroid administration was continued and tapered over the course of six to 15 months in the dogs that survived to discharge. Anoxaparin was given to all dogs at a median dose of 0.81 mg per kg. 95% of the dogs, 20 out of 21, received it every 6 hours, while one dog was given it every 8 hours. Most patients had the dose continued at home and then tapered over a course of 6 to 21 days. No drug reactions to the anoxaparin were noted in any of the patients, and none had major bleeding complications. Two dogs did have one incidence each of injection site bleeding when the medication was being administered at home, which was considered a minor complication. O2 
Overall, 86% or 18 of the 21 of the dogs survived a hospital discharge. Of the three that did not, two had necropsies performed, which revealed pulmonary venous thrombi. Three patients who survived initially suffered a relapse of IMHA within six months and were euthanized. One of these three had a necropsy performed, which revealed a mesenteric venous thrombus. So what can we take away from this Vet Girl podcast? This small retrospective study demonstrates that anoxaparin is safe to use in dogs with IMHA based on client monitoring and follow-up. Since there are so many different therapies for IMHA and the severity of cases may vary, it's really difficult to compare efficacy of different treatments. While the survival rates in this study are similar to previous studies looking at other anticoagulant medications, we need more information and a big prospective study before recommendations can be made. Since no monitoring of anoxaparin therapy was performed in the study, it would involve measuring anti-10A activity, but we don't know what the ideal target is in dogs. We don't know how effective the low molecular weight heparin was in preventing clots. Although this study is small, it's a good first attempt at characterizing anoxaparin use in dogs with IMHA. Ideally, we need a bigger prospective study with better monitoring, ideally in hospital, anti-10A activity, and comparison to other anticoagulant medications. Another limitation of the study was that the authors state as an objective in their abstract that they would like to determine the frequency of thrombosis, but this was not assessed overall in the study. That said, this study suggests that anoxaparin at a dose of 0.8 mg per kg subcutaneously every 6 hours is a safe medication in dogs with IMHA.